Hello, my name is Taylor Clement and I am the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey, I'm the school counselor at Kirk Day School. As we enter into the holiday season, we at KDS want to adhere to our mission in assisting Christian parents in the nurture of covenant children. The holiday season can be one of the most difficult times of year, and we want to collectively begin to look at this holiday season differently than the ones in years past. Over the next few weeks, Maria and I will discuss a series of topics regarding the holidays. From traditions to gifts to time management, we hope to offer just a few insights and questions that we see each and every year from our school families. These are not answers, but truly ways to think about how to holiday better this year. It starts with Thanksgiving, football, turkey, Black Friday, and then the hanging of Christmas decorations. It ends with the doldrums of colder weather and not much excitement in returning to school. So what do we do with this season as parents, and how do we enter in? In this episode, we're going to start with talking about Thanksgiving. We'll talk about a few of our traditions and some scriptures, as well as how do we really be grateful. Um, Maria, I really think the school calendar is slightly different than the typical annual calendar in the way that children process and experience the holidays. I think this is kind of that kicking off point. Um, What are your thoughts on that for some of our students? Yeah, I think at times, you know, we've talked about the October blues and how you kind of see a dip um, maybe emotionally um, as things have kind of settled in in October. And then you almost kind of get re-energized for a minute once Thanksgiving comes around and then the excitement of of Christmas. Uh, And in that busy season, it's really easy to get swept up in the excitement and kind of miss the focus of Thanksgiving and Christmas and what that means to us as Christians. So would you say that Thanksgiving can be missed by parents because we kind of think about getting through it just to get to Christmas? Definitely. And, you know, Thanksgiving, just the way that the holiday falls even, uh, I think it being at the end of the week and them having to go right back to school afterwards, it can very much be kind of something that they have to check off your list. Let me ask you this. What is your Thanksgiving tradition with you and your family? Yeah, so growing up, we didn't really have a, a strong tradition. We kind of went from one family to another, um, you know, in in different years. But since I've gotten married and started my own family, um, this is my husband's favorite holiday. So we have hosted um, every year since we've been married. um, And we've kind of learned um, what, what to do. So we're at the point now where we pull out Bunsen burners and buffet, like buffet style. Um, he usually fries a turkey or two. And then we just invite whoever doesn't have a place to go um, to come. So in the past, it's been friends. In the past, it's been family. This year, it's going to be mainly family. Um, we eat about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and he cooks everything. Um, I usually take care oh, of the pie. Nice. Yeah. But he literally cooks everything because it's his favorite, favorite yeah, my, my wife would love for me to say that I cook <laughs> everything, but I, I definitely don't. So yeah. let, me, let me ask you this, though. Um, hosting, uh, particularly the holidays, and now that you have uh, that you have Millie and then you've got another child on the way, um, does that feel like it's an added stress, or is there kind of um, – is there something kind of beautiful in, in the hosting as well? Because I know there can be both, but when it's a shorter weekend compared to maybe a Christmas break mm-hmm. on a school calendar, how do you kind of process that? Yeah, I would say it has been both in the past. It's been both exciting and stressful, um, especially with a three-month-old last year. That was that was a little <laughs> yeah. that was a little rough. But you know, the what I try and keep in mind is that I have a passion for hospitality. I like mm. to host. 
And so even through that stressful time of getting the house cleaned and ready, keeping that vision of I, we do this because we really value having people into our home um, and what that means and that, that welcoming kind of um, attitude towards people. And, you know, we both, especially with Thanksgiving, neither one of our families had a strong Thanksgiving tradition. And so it's been something really important for us as a new family and a married couple to make that kind of a tradition for our family, that Thanksgiving is something we celebrate and invite whoever doesn't have somewhere to go. Yeah. Because we kind of know what that feels like at times. So, um, yeah, so it is, but it's tough. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, I mean, to clean a kitchen and and have a baby and um, prepare. And I always make a big table decoration. So, yeah, um, it's definitely stressful at times. Uh, Absolutely. So for my family, it's a little bit the opposite um, in the sense that we don't stay home. We've only stayed home uh, one year uh, in the years that Katie and I have been married. The rest we've traveled, um, and we've tried to do a few different things. And so... Uh, when we were first married, uh, we lived in Nashville. We would travel four hours to North Carolina, spend some time there. Then we'd drive to my parents' home, and then we'd travel back the, uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And what we found is even without kids, we were stressed. Um, arguments would mm-hmm. ensue. Uh, you know, we tried to split even time, and what we realized is we just kind of failed. And so um, then with, uh, with children coming into the picture, when my son was born, um, shortly after we moved to St. Louis, and of course that's an even bigger trek from St. Louis to Nashville, um, then going to North Carolina. But this time, um, and, and what we've really settled into as far as our pattern, is we leave the day that school gets out, uh, usually the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. We'll spend the night in Nashville. We drive on to Lake Junaluska, um, North Carolina, which is, which is well right in the heart of the Smoky Mountains, which is a really beautiful place, and we realized yeah. that's a that's a respite for us. Um, the the travel, the the beginning of listening to Christmas music um, on that. So yes, we do break the before Thanksgiving rule, uh, but shortly. <laughs> uh, but then what we've realized is is coming back. Um, we really try to make sure that we pace ourselves coming back. There's a lot of traffic, uh, but we want to make sure that our family's healthy, getting ready to in, enter into the holiday season. Uh, because there's a lot of emotions there. And it's not just emotions with, with our family, mm-hmm. but emotions with, within our school family. Mm-hmm. And so it's taken us a while to get there, and it's not perfect by any stretch. Um, maybe one of our favorite Thanksgivings is the one we didn't travel, mm-hmm. but we try to at least find find some peace in, uh, amidst the movement, I guess yeah, would be a good way definitely. to put it. Uh, but reality is um, it's it's not easy. Family's not easy. Mm-hmm. And so that that's also... Uh, at least to to just state why we're doing this uh, podcast is because of that right there. Family's not easy. The holidays aren't easy. And so in the midst of of both our differences as far as traditions between the Masseys and the Clements, uh, I think that's widely important. So Definitely. And, you know, that expectation, too, especially if you're trying to balance more than one family's expectation, we have found how important it is to make those expectations known before yeah, so that we can avoid some of that, or not even avoid it, but just deal with some of the conflict that comes up. Because it is hard, you know, with each of us having our own families um, and, and their own expectations and their own traditions, 
that has added a lot of stress at times to how we manage the holidays. Um, and so one of the things that we've chosen to do is just to say, this is what we do on Thanksgiving. Christmas, you know, we'll kind of see year to year, but Thanksgiving, no matter what, we're at home. Um, we host, you know, that expectation for our family now is, is kind of accepted. And it's really helped, um, I think, even allow us to extend an invite to to our family even more so. It's like, yeah. we'd love to have you join us um, because this is the expectation that, that we've created and we've had. And it has definitely helped lower some of that stress yeah, in the holiday that's really season. Cool. Well, and then you, of course, get into the Black Friday folks yeah. and who does that. Yeah. And, and each of their own on that one. Um, I've seen some amazing uh, things for, for families to be able to, to succeed on that day. And then other families don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Yep. But, um, but there's that too. Well, let me, let me switch to more of your childhood. Yeah. Um, and I know this is something you and I uh, have talked about. But how would you say your childhood Thanksgivings have impacted the way that you and Mike do that today and then how you want to present that to your children as as they come yeah. uh, really of age and, and to experience that. Yeah, for sure. You know, growing up, like I said, we kind of moved from my mom's family to my dad's family. And then when my parents got divorced, it was kind of like a free for all of what are we going to do um, every year. And so there was a lot of traveling and a lot of expectations that kind of went unsaid at times. And so um I would say that, yeah, Thanksgiving wasn't my favorite holiday. Um, Mm. And then especially once I got into college and seminary, that tends to be a very stressful time academically, right, for for people in college and and on because of finals. Um, And so Thanksgiving really kind of became this, oh, my gosh, this is what I have to do. Like, oh, I've got to drive five hours to Iowa or five hours to Indiana to eat this meal that just doesn't have a lot of meaning. and so part of what Mike and I talked about when we got married was kind of reclaiming that holiday, um, especially for him because he, he really loves the food. Um, and one of the things we've talked about that's nice about Thanksgiving is you don't have the presents. That's not what that holiday is about. Yeah. Um, that holiday is really about quality time um, and food, and those are two of our favorite things, um, especially the food part. So I think once we got married and we had agreed, like, this is what Thanksgiving is going to be. And hosting Thanksgiving a month and a half after you get married was definitely a challenge um, our first year. But I think it was a step in us choosing that this home is going to be a place where we do celebrate God's goodness and God's gifts to us no matter what season we're in. And at that point, um, I was in school. Um, he had just made a career change. So it was a stressful time um, for sure. But we had kind of set out that, that that was our goal um, and has continued to be our goal over the last four years now. And so now that we have children and thinking about how do I want them to look at Thanksgiving, but how do I want them to look at you know the people that are in our, in our life? How can we serve them? Opening up our home is one of the best ways you can do that. Um, and, and we've chosen to do that through hosting. Um, not, that's not for everybody, but that's an area where we feel like we're, we're excited about and we enjoy. And so Thanksgiving is kind of that perfect time to say, please come over. We will cook everything. Um, we, don't, we don't want people to bring anything. Wow. Um, because we know that, that that can just create more stress for for other people, and we really enjoy doing it. Um, and we hope that the message that that sends to our kids in the future 
is that it is a joy to serve others, but it's also a joy to sit and reflect on what God has provided for us. Um, And like I said, there have been seasons, even in the four years that we've been married, where, you know, I'm like, how are we going to do this this year? Um, You know, whether it be baby, whether it be, you know, just job transitions and stuff like that. Um, But the Lord has always provided abundantly. um, And it's always been a sacrifice that has been worth making. Wow. That's, that's well said. Yeah. And I would, I would say from my family side, you know, um, with, in my own marital family and in nuclear family, uh, you know, Hosting's probably not something that that we are um, as comfortable as some. I mean, hospitality is a spiritual gift, mm-hmm. uh, and and so God God equips others, right? Um, growing up, though, what what Katie and I learned was, you know, she went to the same place every year. Uh, I pretty much went to the same place every year, but um, even the spirituality of Thanksgiving yeah. and uh, is, is a different way, and, mm-hmm. and families interpret it differently. Um, and I think as we look at our students, that's something that, that's really interesting because one of the things that I always want to avoid is over-spiritualizing for them. Mm-hmm. But in the same sense, I never want to ignore where God is in the midst of it. And so an experience that at least I had is my, my grandfather, who I was very close with, was a, was a minister for many, many years and uh, spent a lot of Thanksgivings at his home. But one of the interesting things was most of the time we prep, 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 prayed, ate, and went on with our lives, mm-hmm. there never really seemed to be um, this moment of gratitude. We never went around the table and asking each other, mm-hmm. you know, what are you thankful for? I mean, it was it was never really that. We were just happy to be together, um, at least from the kid table side, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but now as an adult, uh, uh, where we go uh, in North Carolina is, is to, to my wife's uncle's. And he is minister, and one of the things that he does that I, that I love is he doesn't over-spiritualize the holiday, but right before the meal, um, he, he spends about five minutes of reflection, uh, gratitude, and prayer just, just with the entire group. So whether they're a newborn, which we've had, to, to those that, that are no longer with us, we reflect on who may have passed in our family, who may have joined our family through marriage or birth. We, we reflect on the trials, the, 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 the joys, um, we pray and we eat. And, and it's just kind of a nice moment of saying this is a milestone within our family. James 1, 2 through 4 says, you know, consider it uh, pure joy, my brother, when you face trials and tribulations. Um, Psalms 136 goes and reflects in such a beautiful way um, of, of how God led the children of Israel. This is such a strong reflection on what he did for them time and time and time again. And then even going to Hebrews 11, where it's, it's the hall of faith, so to speak, but it goes through the people that, that were faithful to God and, and really uh, tested their faith. God tested their faith or, or other ways tested their faith, and yet the Lord provided. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like a lot of times we, we feel, at least within uh, Christianity, that we should over-spiritualize something. So I'm saying all that of my own accord as well as, as some of these scriptures. What do you think we, we do or, or should do with our children, mm-hmm. uh, particularly maybe those younger to those a little older, especially at Kirk Day School, that we, we push them to think in a more grateful way? Yeah. H- how do we do that? Yeah. Well, two things kind of come to mind. Um, first, I think we just have to understand where our culture is and the messages that 
our kids are at times indirectly absorbing. Um, and that's just this idea that, that the ultimate goal in life is to be happy. And happiness usually means I have a lot of things. Um, well said. Or I'm successful or I have a lot of money. And while those things are such good gifts from God um, and such a sign of God's provision, we can't make them the ultimate thing. And so if we kind of attach our view of happiness to our view of things, it can be very easy at times then to feel that that unhappiness mm. um, when we compare, well, I don't have this that my friend does. And we see that a lot um, with kids is, well, he's got this, you know, gaming console and I don't have that. Or he's got this game and I don't have that. And so it's really kind of understanding that our culture tells us that in order to be, um, that the ultimate thing is to be happy. And that's when we can be grateful. And that's the exact opposite of what the Bible says. Um, You know, the Bible does not guarantee happiness. um, And I think especially what the Bible says in both discipline as an act of discipline and and when we see our hearts um, transform and soften is that gratefulness will come out of that. So there are times in our life where, you know, we're called to, to be grateful even when we find it hard to find things to be grateful for. That's where that discipline side comes in, right? But then, um, you know, the Bible is also clear that there will be times for rejoicing. Um, And ultimately, we are thankful. We can be thankful because of what Christ has already accomplished for us. But at times, it's so hard to to be there. Absolutely. Um, So I think the first thing is just understanding that our happiness and thankfulness um, are tied together in our culture. But what the Bible calls us to is an attitude of of thankfulness, no matter how happy we may feel in a moment. Um, The second thing that comes to mind is just, you know, you see in Joshua, and this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, um, is, is the Ebenezer Stones. You know, once they've taken and come into the promised land, they... Um, make a space and a time and have these Ebenezer stones as a reminder of what God has done and what God had promised to do and did. And I think Thanksgiving is an awesome opportunity to have that conversation with your kids. Um, what has God done this year that has that we can be thankful for? And what has what has God promised he will do? Um, because we have to remember that our focus can't just be in this moment, but also in what he's promised for us in, in eternity. And so, you know, even creating that tradition, um, you know, kids learn best by example um, and through observation. And they're always watching us, um, which is a good and a bad thing. Um, but this is a perfect opportunity to set an example um, and a tradition of being grateful no matter what the season looks like. No, and that's that's interesting you said that. And I think the, the example is huge, right? What's amazing is, uh, like right now my son, who's four, is in that repeating stage. And so I could say, you know, it's time to go to bed. He says, it's time to go to bed. With the same inflection, the, the same everything. Mm-hmm. He'll mm-hmm. want to stand like me. Mm-hmm. He'll want to 
want to do things like me, and it's it's sweet and extremely annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the reality is, is I realize that that my minor actions make a major impact on him. For sure. And so, uh, but what I also know is that while most of our students are not as explicit as my son might be with the re- repetition of of action and words, the absorption that our older students have with their parents, with their siblings, with the adults around them really is uh, phenomenal. And, and the impact that it makes is is really amazing to me. Yeah. You know, and it's such a different perspective, like I said, than what our culture has, which makes it incredibly difficult for us um, because it, does, it makes us feel a little crazy. I mean, right. it, it is a little outlandish at times to um, be grateful in a season of hardship. That's not what our culture tells us to do. That's not what always feels comfortable. But what a privilege it is to be able to show our kids um, that no matter what the season looks like, no matter what the difficulty is, we do have hope in something greater. But also not to trivialize those those times. You know, um, I think a lot of times the the holidays come and we're like, okay, let's plaster that fake smile on our face and and ignore the sadness for a season and move on. Um, and I would say that that I think the Bible's clear um, in in what to do with our grief and and the and the sadness that we experience and it is okay to embrace that even in the holiday season. Yeah. And again, what an example to our children that we can be honest and vulnerable with our emotions. Um, and at the same time, continue to serve others, continue to be thankful, um, and continue to point them towards towards Christ. You know, it's it's interesting you say that. A few years ago, uh, my my wife's aunt had passed away, and then two months later, we were together for Thanksgiving, and it was kind of this again. We were we're not just forcing ourselves to be together. We wanted to be mm-hmm. together, but um, how can we just acknowledge the fact that there was sadness there? And and that was a confusing thing. Now, I was glad I wasn't a parent at the moment, especially sure. a parent of a child that had experienced the funeral and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But what I, what, at least the line that I can see continuing to move is moving from that pursuit of happiness, right? Um, and I love the quote uh, that at least Theodore Roosevelt's coined saying, and that is, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of depth in that statement. But what I also realize is, that, that there's a big difference between um, comfort and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. in the sense that what is truly painful might be momentary mm-hmm. or it could be long lasting where we just think, I just want to be comfortable and, and numb that. Mm-hmm. And, and we see that uh, too much, I think, at times. I think a lot of times um, we, we start watching those Christmas movies. And of course, Christmas movies really celebrate a season, not mm-hmm. just the day and, and a lot of the ways that they're portrayed. But the attitude is uh, is making fun of those things or, mm-hmm. or over-sensitizing mm-hmm. those as well. And so how do we, we move from maybe just trying to be comfortable into just recognizing that we have that pain? Yeah, I think we got to name that. I think we got to say it. So, so how do you say that? Maybe when something's really hard, let's, let's say it, it is suicide. Let's say it is um, some type of, of broken marriage that, that maybe isn't broken just because of disagreement. How, how then do you express that to maybe a child who's five or younger or mm-hmm. you know 10 and younger? Because these are definitely sensitive subjects that aren't gonna come on on Paw Patrol. 
So sure. how, how, do you, how would you recommend yeah. just naming that in a healthy, appropriate yeah. way for a child? And I would say, yes, they may not come on through Paw Patrol. Um, but, you know, I think so, so much of adults' hesitation to name something um, with their kid um, to call, to, to name an emotion, to call out a feeling is because they don't, they're afraid of not being, not having the right words to say. Right. Mm, so their yeah. kid comes to them and says, mommy, I'm really sad because grandpa's not here. Or mom, I'm really sad because you and your dad are, or because you know, you and dad aren't together anymore. And as parents, I mean, that feels like a terrifying moment. Oh my gosh, what do I say? Right. How, how my, my initial response would be, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and what I would say to, yes, that, that response is very normal and understandable, but it's not like it's not okay for them. They're trying to tell you that it's not okay for them. They're trying to say that they're sad. And honestly, I know that it sounds silly, but the most important thing you can do in that moment is to enter into that feeling with them. So you know what? It is really sad. And I am really sad that mm -hmm. grandpa's not here or that your dad and I aren't together. Period. Yeah. You know, that, that isn't something that can be fixed with a phrase. It's not going to be something that's fixed with even a great Thanksgiving. Um, and I think so much of our tendency to um, avoid those things is because it's uncomfortable for us. Uh, and it is. It's super uncomfortable for us. And, and we feel like we need to do something to make it better. And what I would say is that the best thing that you can do is be present with your child is to acknowledge that feeling, acknowledge that the situation is hard and not avoid it. Um, avoiding it minimizes the pain and yeah. especially at, at, you know, depending on how old the kid is, they can internalize that then as something that they're doing wrong, that it's not okay to feel a certain way. Um, and so as difficult as it, as it is, especially in a season that kind of tells us we need to be happy, um, I would say, you know, validate that experience for them and say, yeah, I agree. It is really sad. Share with them maybe what's sad for you um, in an age-appropriate way because that is not just a moment where they're learning that their feelings are okay, but it's also a moment for you to um, connect with them in an empathetic way. Mm, yeah. So it's not just about validating the emotion. It's about actually forming a connection with your kid that's an opportunity to connect with your child um, and that's something that that you will see the benefit of you know years and years down the road absolutely um, one of the things that I think often we're asked and, and I'm asked uh, be it by teachers uh, other school administrators and I find myself uh, lacking at times is resources yeah and so what resources uh, do you have you know because the reality is, you know, I joke a lot. I'll, I'll quote a lot of movies. Um, I, I like having that type mm -hmm. of fun. And I know this has been a more serious discussion. But the reality is uh, we often need help because, you know, I will try and numb things at times mm -hmm. uh, with humor or, or, yeah. or seeking something else or even with my son or, or daughter trying to do something fun amidst the sadness. But I also need equipment, right? I need to be equipped. Mm -hmm. So um, any, any resources that you would really recommend to parents to say, hey, here, here's something to, to kind of consider. Here's something that, that we really value, um, especially as you and I work so yeah. closely um, helping these children 
um, really do heart work and nurture those hearts. Sure. The two resources on a bigger level picture that come to mind that aren't necessarily connected to Thanksgiving or Christmas um, would be The Whole Brain Child, um, which is a book by Dan Siegel. Which is a great book. Um, I've read that. Yeah, great book. And then he wrote another one called Parenting from the Inside Out. Um, And that, the Parenting from the Inside Out is kind of a focus on how your story impacts your parenting. And when we talk about, you know, our ability and willingness to sit with our kid through pain, oftentimes, um, it, that's difficult because of our own wounds and because of our own story. So he kind of dives into that. Those are two books that I would highly recommend. As far as things more specific to Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, access.org, um, Absolutely. which we're both very familiar with, is a Christian company that kind of translates culture. And they have uh, got these great parent guides on just about every season um, and, and Thanksgiving and Christmas and Advent being being some of those um and those are just super helpful for me in thinking through even biblically how how we think about thanksgiving but also how our culture has influenced the way that we think about thanksgiving so those are two of my other recommendations um but also just having a conversation with your kids saying hey what what do you enjoy about um thanksgiving what are your expectations for thanksgiving is there any way that you want to participate or take ownership of Thanksgiving um, this year, I think could be a great conversation to have with your kids. Well, and one of the things that I've heard from parents several times over, uh, and and I I worked with with, um, a person once who who really wanted this for their kids, and, and she would say, I want my kids to understand that they live in a bubble and people around the world are starving or hurting, and I want them to be shocked into that. And the reality is, is sometimes that's healthy for a child, sometimes that's mm-hmm. unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So how do we balance the difference between thankfulness and gratitude? Because I feel like gratitude's a little bit deeper sure. than, than just thankfulness. So in kind of approaching that with a child, how do you how do you think you encourage them to be there? You mentioned modeling that. Mm-hmm. Is there any other way that you would say just to kind of push them in that direction? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some some simple things, and I'm going to be honest with you. I definitely don't practice gratitude every day. I would say I'm <laughs> at times on the opposite end of that, um, where it's easier for me to find things to complain about. But I think, you know, taking time even at dinner to to talk through what was something that that you were glad that happened today and then you know maybe what was something that was harder that happened today being able to acknowledge both sides of their experience um, asking specific questions um, you know what was good about this what was good about that or you know what are you um, grateful for in you know playing soccer or on your basketball team Um, it's really about creating a time and and intentionality in those conversations so it's you know the content will be there but it's more about saying man when we sit down we're going to put our phones away we're gonna we're gonna focus on this kind of conversation um, rather than kind of just you know talking about um, maybe more fleeting fleeting things but really being intentional with that time that you have at dinner or in the car or at bedtime. Um, one of the things too, you know, that I have recommended to some parents, especially if their kids have a hard time sleeping, um, is to 
replay in their mind as they're drifting off to sleep um, three things they're grateful for that day. And it's not just about saying, okay, I'm grateful that, you know, I scored a goal in the soccer game. But it's actually drawing that image to mind. What what did it look like when I scored that goal? Um, Who was around me? So it's almost like like telling a story. Right, a strong visualization. A strong visualization. And kids, again, learn best and interpret information best through a telling of a narrative. So the more that you can tell a story about being grateful, the, the better chance they have at remembering that and actually internalizing wow. it. Yeah. So yeah, anytime you can create a story, not just, oh, I'm really grateful for this food, but you know, um, telling a story about the food. Well, you know, and something else that I would add to that is, is in that setting of the example, I was, I was talking with someone recently and um, we were talking about a dinner that we were probably going to have and that someone would ask a very deep question to the table. And the, the response that, that I got from the friend was, was very interesting. They said, make sure they respond first. Hmm. And I said, okay, you know, and we talked about that. And the reality is a lot of times we need, when we ask these questions, we need to be the ones that set the tone, mm-hmm. set the example. Mm-hmm. So I guess in, in this, um, we need to really ask our children these questions, but maybe give the example first. Would, exactly. you, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because again, they may not know exactly what we're trying to get at. They may not know exactly what um, what to say. And so having an example of, of, of what to do um, is always helpful. And you know, I think part of the things that kids can call out in us sometimes as adults is our hypocrisy, oh, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Which is like a knife in the heart yeah. um, for us. And so this is another area where you have an opportunity to show vulnerability in an age-appropriate way and model that for your kid. Um, so even if it's a, a day where it's hard for you to be grateful because, you know, whatever happened, um, even naming that, you know, and saying, today it's been really hard for me to focus on the good things that I have in this life. Right. Um, that's totally appropriate and, and normal and helps your kids realize that there is a wide variety of experiences, and that's okay. Um, that's okay to, to have a different experience. You know, something that one of our board members is, is telling me to do these days is ask the five whys. Yeah. Ask why five times. And I think sometimes uh, it's good with kids, but sometimes it's better with us, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. especially our spouses. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed at least that Katie and I um, so often can have some of our best conversations when the kids are in the car with us. Mm-hmm. And that may, it's not always with them. They might be watching a movie. They might be um, asleep. They might be doing you know, some type of activity. But we have these, these opportunities to kind of connect with each other, which can be a, a really great moment of gratitude. You know, um, shifting gears slightly, especially as we wrap this conversation up, one of the things uh, I know that uh, Sissy Goff and David Thomas, their counselors out of Nashville, mm-hmm. one of the things that they recommend is as you enter into the, the post-Thanksgiving time, into Advent and into gift giving and gift receiving, their thought is to shift children's mindset to what can I do for others. And, it's, and, and what I love is, is that none of these things that we're talking about are hour-long conversations. Yeah, exactly. Right? We, In fact, don't let them be hour-long conversations. Yes, well said. They, they need to be five minutes or less, yeah. so let's not miss that. But uh, just getting them to think. So if you go Black Friday shopping, mm-hmm. one of the things that they, they would recommend 
is give your children a budget, teach them how to budget, but tell them here's two dollars, here's five dollars to go buy a gift for someone, um, and so and help them name that person for them to be able to do so. Anything that you would add to, to that? Because as a parent, I found that both challenging but also kind of sweet in the sense that it doesn't have to be me buying my spouse a gift from my son or sure. my daughter. Sure. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, and to take it a step further, a gift doesn't always necessarily have to be something of, of monetary value, right? Right. So um, even even brainstorming with your kids what could we do that would that would be a blessing to somebody else? Um, so if they're looking for something for their dad, um, you know, what would it be like instead of giving him a gift to do something for him? Um, so kind of broadening the idea yeah. that gifts aren't just a physical thing, but it might be, um, you know, helping him take out the trash, um, something like that, some kind of active service. Because they will run into people in their life who don't really get excited about gifts. Yeah, um, you right. know, my my in-laws, they don't do gifts. And so um, it's really hard because that's how my family has expressed love. It has been a big challenge for me to figure out, okay, how, if gifts don't matter to them um, in the same way, how can I still show them that I love them, that I care for them? Um, and that I want to serve them in some way. And yeah. usually that comes outside of a monetary gift. Oh, you know, that's, that's well usually said. time. Um, and time is something that is definitely a limited commodity um, right. and, is, and is valuable. Yeah, it's the one thing where we're kind of all on equal footing, right? That's true. Yeah. Something you can't get back. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. Um, to kind of close, uh, I think Axis uh, they, and their parents got to Thanksgiving. They have a few funny tweets uh, here. And I think, think you and I both identified with them. Uh, one is, I love Thanksgiving, can't wait to slay for hours over a meal my kids will rudely reject in front of relatives who are judging my parenting. Yeah. That's unbelievably true yeah. at times. Sometimes that's between siblings, sometimes that's between distant relatives where you don't really have that relationship. Any thoughts on that? Because I will say this, um, I could put candy in front of my kids and if I told them it was vegetables, they would probably reject it. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a very vulnerable moment. Oh, as a it parent. is. Yeah, yeah. My stomach clenches up just hearing that because we're in a phase where, you know, Millie's 15 months. So I definitely can't control her mood and, mood and emotions. And so with family coming over, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happens if she just has a fussy day? Um, so, yeah, I hear that. And I think, you know, that that fear of judgment is so real in parenting. Um so real and I think naming that and and having age-appropriate expectations for your kids yeah for a one-year-old you know to sit at a table and enjoy Thanksgiving is asking a lot um, well and it's know? interesting you even mentioned earlier hey we eat dinner at two or yeah. we have our meal yeah. at two excuse me our family often isn't until seven or eight o'clock and sometimes we even put the kids down. Yeah, down, exactly. Um, and, and so I think you're right. I yeah. think setting those expectations are, are really good. Here's another one uh, for expectations as well. My wife and I each had a role in Thanksgiving dinner. She cooked and I took a nap. It's called teamwork. <laughs> now, um, I don't take naps that day, uh, but I do get up and I go fly fishing with my brothers-in-law. That's kind of our um, a gift to us is to let us go. A gift to them is that we're not around saying when's dinner going to be ready. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, but there, yeah. there, there's kind of a balance there. 
Uh, what would you say, because you mentioned, hey, Mike's the one that cooks. Yeah. So what would you say or how would you say of just setting those expectations going into Thanksgiving? Any, any tips there? Yeah, definitely have a conversation about who's going to do what. And I have always found it's easier to ask what would be helpful rather than just say, this is what I'm going to do. And so, and, and this is a great opportunity for, for your kids to get involved too. Um, you know, I know that they're probably not excited about picking up their room, but maybe they would be excited about setting the table yeah, um, yeah. or something like that. So this gives them an opportunity, again, to participate in Thanksgiving um, in a unique way. And, and this one, I believe, might be universal for most. I'm really enjoying Thanksgiving break with my kids. Oh, wait, never mind. They're awake. Um, I get that uh, completely. I even had an event uh, just last night where I was leaving, and as I was leaving, both my children were yelling at the top of their voices, banging wooden spoons on pots, and my wife was about to pull her hair out. So, um, yes, she really wanted to trade places. But I do think even in that, um, it's kind of one of those moments, uh, a sweeter moment Mm -hmm. that we have to remember that that we have to absorb. And a good friend of mine challenged me, his, his son's in college, about to graduate from college and he said you know the average life expectancy right now in the u.s is is around 80 years uh, for both men and women if you were to combine them and he said your child's home 18 of those yeah and when you compare the number 18 to 80 um, it's vastly different we only have this window of opportunity to love on them and 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 garner them and it's you know the the adage goes the days are long the years are short you know i think this is one of those things that's tough to do how would you suggest finding how to make those moments sweet yeah. without maybe pulling our hair out or forcing it too much? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, this is definitely true in my life right now. One, because Millie's in a mama, mama only phase. So when I get home, it's she doesn't, she can't even look at dad. You know, it's yeah. all about me, which is really sweet. But I'm telling you what, by six o'clock, I'm like, thank God you have a crib and a room that I can close the door to. And, and I find myself then when I'm sitting there rocking her to sleep um, or saying goodnight to her, like knowing that those days are really short. Um, but I think we, we feel this pressure to make these moments like Thanksgiving and Christmas really big. Right. Um, and I think it's really important to remember that when we raise our kids, it is a drop here, um, the planting of a seed here, a few trickles of water there. Um, it is not something that has to be done in a major event like Thanksgiving, right? It can be. We can really teach our kids good um, lessons in these seasons, but it's a it's a much longer process um, than this momentary, you know, thing right now. Um, and one of the things that that I have always tried to remember the woman that discipled me um, saying is is that, you know, we're not we're not parenting kids and raising kids for, you know, their five-year-old version, but for their 25-year-old version. You know, who are they going to be as a spouse, as an employee, as a friend? I have always found that having that longer-term vision helps in these moments of, I mean, at times just um, real difficulty and hardship and like, oh my gosh, just please stop crying or, you know, please listen to me, is that I'm not building this kid for tomorrow. I'm also building this kid, you know, for years and years down the road. So I found that having that long-term vision helps in those moments of chaos. Yeah, that's um, well said. To focus not just on, on this moment, 
but on what I pray and hope my kids are in the future. Well, and often what, what I see, at least, that comes to my office is parents are frustrated with a child not not being mature enough. Mm-hmm. And I think often we, we have an expectation of a child to be more mature than they actually are or are supposed to be yeah. uh, in, in those moments. And so uh, it's good for me to remember at times that my child is only, you know, blank old yeah, or exactly. ex, ex exactly. old and, and not to, to expect them to understand, yeah. I guess, understand that fully. So moving forward, uh, kind of one of the things that we're going to do next is while this was about Thanksgiving, uh, our next few few talks are really going to be focused on Christmas. Um, we're really going to look at Advent uh, and, and even the 12 days of Christmas and shifting our students' focus into to how to be grateful and how to worship in the midst of that because Christmas can often feel really difficult. So that's where we're headed next. Maria, thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for thank all you. Your, your wisdom, and uh, we'll bring that up here shortly. But until then, Kirk Day School families, we hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving break. Stay safe and stay healthy, and we look forward to seeing you guys when you get back.